This podcast episode introduces you to our BCEN friend, Ronald Bubba Fletcher. Bubba, as his friends call him, is the program director for the ARC Law Techs chapter of the Think First Foundation. Bubba has been a voice of injury prevention as a public speaker for 14 years and a peer mentor to those with spinal cord injuries. Although suffering a significant injury of his own, Bubba uses this to inspire and motivate others while remaining active as a youth baseball coach. He's also a big college sports fan. Bubba is married and the father of three, one girl and two boys. As you listen to Michael Dexter and Mark Eggers talk with Bubba about Think First, you will be inspired by what Bubba has gone through and how he is using his personal experiences to make a difference in the world. Hello, and welcome to the BCEN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education and Technology Services at BCEN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCEN. Hi, Michael. Hey, Mark. So, Michael, in this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Ronald Bubba Fletcher, better known as Bubba. Michael, could you please tell us about our BCN and friend, Bubba? Yeah, certainly. I'm happy to. Bubba Fletcher is a program director for the Arclitex chapter of the Think First Foundation. Bubba has been a voice of injury prevention, public speaker for 14 years, and a peer mentor to those with spinal cord injuries. Although suffering a significant injury of his own, Bubba uses this to inspire and motivate others while remaining active as a youth baseball coach. He is also a big college sports fan. Bubba is married and the father of three, one girl, and two boys. So Bubba, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, and we're so happy that we can have you with us today. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I'm excited and uh, looking forward to what you have in store for me here. Well, we are very excited to have you. Uh, can you tell us, first of all, just a little bit about yourself and then your role with the Think First Foundation, how you became involved with them? Okay, yeah. Um, well, I'm 43, knocking on the door, 44 right now. It's, it's right around the corner here in August. Um, but I am program director for Think First. Think First is a national injury prevention organization, and they cover everything from you know, swimming and diving safety to uh, bicycle safety and traffic and pedestrian safety and all that stuff. But with our Arclitex chapter, um, we are focused specifically on traffic safety. And so it's my job to facilitate the programs, to develop the programs, to schedule them. Um, I work with our Voice for Injury Prevention or VIP speakers. I help train them and coordinate them and schedule them to be a part of our, uh, our programs. Okay, great. And what are your VIP speakers? Uh, what do they do and, and who do they speak to? Well, we, uh, we speak to anybody that'll listen usually, you know, but we're mainly covering young drivers, uh, teens and young adults, 15 to 24 year old category. And because they're the most at risk when it comes to traffic safety. And so, with how COVID shut everything down, we had to revamp what we did because usually we presented at high school assemblies. 
And so we kind of had to uh, adapt our program and we went to more of a virtual format, of course, which so many people had to get used to. And we went more to focusing on doing driving schools. And so the VIP's role in this is to come in and share the story, the real life story of the choices that they made that put them in the position they're in now, which would be a brain or spinal cord injury, or maybe they're even both, but they use that story to, you know, to relay to these young adults and these teens about, Hey, I was once you now look at me from the choices that I've made. So do you mind sharing part of your story with us as well? Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, I had been only married for eight weeks. Um, my wife had went out of town to visit her family. So she left me at home unsupervised there for the first time since we've been married. And uh, I wasn't going to get into a whole lot. I had to work that weekend. Um, but I went over to a buddy's house and uh, hung out with them. Uh, figured my wife was safely far enough out of town. We could watch the videos from the bachelor party. So, you know, we had that out, just having a few drinks, reliving those memories. And um, so I, I was headed home. And of course, I made the choice to be behind the wheel drinking. <laughs> Uh, not to wear a seatbelt. I was never a big seatbelt wearer. You know, I kind of felt like I was in a Yukon. I, you know, I had airbags. I had crumple zones. You know, I'm, I'm good to go, right? So I was headed home, was speeding, getting onto the entrance ramp, and lost control. I was ejected out of the driver's side window of the vehicle. The fifth roll, it actually caught back up with me and rolled over me. And it's one of those things, it was just by grace that, Nearby, there were some firemen sitting in their truck. They were filling out a report from a call they had been on. And since it was summertime, they had their windows down. They heard my truck rolling. So they dispatched everybody on the scene. Uh, of course, they found me dead on the scene originally. Uh, when I hit the ground and the truck hit me, uh, um, I compressed the T12 vertebrae in my back. It sliced right through my spinal cord. Then it burst. I broke all the ribs down the left-hand side and collapsed both lungs. So I spent a month uh, fighting for my life in ICU there at LSU in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is just a great level one trauma unit there, no doubt. And um, after that, I woke up to this new reality, you know, that now I'm a spinal cord injury. And I, I really didn't understand it at first because when I woke up, I didn't remember the wreck. I didn't remember anything. So it was all like, this can't be real kind of thing, you know? And um, I had to finally face the reality of it, know that now I was a uh, T12 paraplegic, complete uh, injury. And so I went from there and went to the rehab hospital and everything. And the whole time I went through this, you see, I kind of had a religious experience when I died and I'm not a religious person, never was. And so something when I woke up was in my heart telling me that I was still here for a purpose. So while I was still in the rehab hospital, I was talking to my counselor and my counselor actually put me uh, in contact with the Think First chapter there in Shreveport. And within three months post-injury, I was speaking for the first time for Think First. Wow, that is incredible. That's, that's really a neat, 
neat and incredible story. And I was going to ask you how you, um, if you remembered any parts of the accident or any of the post rehab, but you answered that for us. So uh, that's really incredible. And our nurses that listen to this and the others that listen to this are all over the U.S., different parts of the world and, and don't all work in the ER. Some of them do work in the pre-hospital setting. Some of them work in the ICU or, or other administrative settings. So it takes a lot of people to take care of a patient like you and, and uh, to see you through. So it's really good to see now that you've come through all of that to see not only have you survived it, but you've used that to then inspire others and, and to help prevent these injuries and in other types of people. Yeah. And, and, and I definitely remember the care from each and each nurse and each, you know, therapist and everything that was in contact with me from when I was coherent on. So, I mean, it, it, it definitely is impactful. Yeah, exactly. Well, you've talked to us about your story and can you tell us a little bit more about the Think First Foundation? You said you have some VIPs and some voices of injury prevention that, that also speak with you, but how, um, how active is the organization? How many speakers are, are generally speaking at a same, at the same time? How, how far is your reach? You said the Arclitex chapter, but for those listening, about about how many miles or so do you do you travel to to speak in person, or how many people do you speak to online? Yeah, we do. Like you said, we do in person and virtual, and a lot of people started going back to in person, especially a lot of the driving schools and all of that. And so, right now, um, we we cover where our funding says we can cover, you know, and so. We right now we cover most of northern and central Louisiana, and and like you said, for people that aren't from around this area, we're the Arklatex chapter, and that's because Shreveport is in the corner of Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. So we're right there together. So everything is big Arklatex right there, and so that's where our name comes from. But we mainly, due to our funding, comes through the Louisiana Highway Safety Commission. So all of our funding is focused in the state of Louisiana right now. So we'll go as far and as wide as they let us. I mean, right before COVID shut everything down, we were looking to cover the whole state of Louisiana, you know, which from top to bottom, the state of Louisiana, you're going about seven hours. So that, 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 that was our range. And you can go east to west about three and a half, four hours. So uh, we want to cover as much as the state as we can. We want to continue to reach out to more and more parishes that we're in, you know, because I know that's another funny word that we use down here, parishes, you know, our counties. But um, we want to continue to spread out as far and wide as they'll let us. And we do it at driving schools. And, and honestly, you know, I was really worried about the transition, a couple of things, to the virtual format and to the smaller things with the driving schools. But what I realized is the age group that we're reaching, this whole virtual thing is a norm for them, right? It's, it's all they've known. So there was no difference from us being in person, which was a big surprise to me because there's, there's something impactful we always thought about our speakers in person. You know, when you see such as me in a wheelchair or you see this, lady, this girl with a cane or, you know, We've got the different speakers with the different energy and really seeing them visually, I thought was very impactful, but their stories has still had that same impact. And we're hearing that in the right. feedback. Well, that's incredible. So when you are talking to these high schoolers, because again, a lot of the people that listen to this also have children that are, that are high school age or, or getting close to high school age. So 
what is one of the key points that you like to make sure to make when, when you're giving these presentations? Well, the thing that I always drive home is, is getting lost in that mindset that this is not going to happen to you. Okay. And understanding the impact of your choices, you know, and understanding that nothing happens until it happens, then it can be too late for you, you know? So, so really just, stop and, and, and think first. I mean, that's why we use that name so much. We just want you to stop and think about this. That's what we always tell them. We're not here to preach at you about anything. Okay. We're just here to show you the reality of where your choices can lead so that you have a better picture of what can happen to you and to have a face that you can put with the reality of your choices. Wow. That's really great. That's a great message. What about from emergency nurses as well, or any any transport flight nurses? Um, what would be a, a message that you would want them to hear, or or anything from the Think First Foundation that that you feel would be pertinent to emergency care providers? Well, I know with me personally, and and I can't speak. I know that there's all different people in that field and everything else, but I know with just anything, even my job, a lot of times your job can just become a job, you know, and we always have to keep in perspective that these, these are individual lives and we're having, we're having an effect on this person's life that's being changed forever. You know, when you're dealing with anybody that's in this situation, those, those, those are people's lives that are totally being changed forever in that moment. And you're a part of it, you know, and it's and it's just vital for, you know, your care and, and, and how you treat them. And 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 I know with this, like I said, with my program, I always keep that mindset, you know, that. My heart has to be in what I'm doing, and, and I think that that's vitally important to even what they do as a emergency care professionals. Right, exactly. That's a great, great point as well. So going back to uh, our, our previous question about just the, the topics that you speak on and, and the points that you like to get across to these high school kids, we, we all wish we could have you with us when we do some of this education, especially for these repeat uh, patients that come into the ED and they just really need some good education. So are there any points that you could tell emergency nurses in order for them to better teach and advocate for safety practices in the community? Or are there any resources that perhaps we're unaware of that, that you utilize through the Think First Foundation? I think the important thing is even as the nurses educating and, and, and sharing is to use some real life stories. You know what I'm saying? To, to really put a face with this and the reality with it. You know, don't don't just talk over, I guess I would say, don't just talk in general as in, you know, when you start talking about percentages and numbers and, and all of that stuff. When you talk about people coming into the ER for certain things and all that, it's like, you know, being able to, like, like I said, put a, a face with it and a real story with it. Like, hey, this is what I really saw. You know, because that's something that I bring home with my story a lot of times is when even not telling my story, but doing the educational part of Think First and what we do. Um, we use, all, of course, all the real life statistics and crash data, you know, and all that stuff, which you can get um, anywhere. But I want them to understand that this is 
the reality of somebody's life here that's being changed, you know, and it's not just numbers that we're throwing at you. It's not just statistics. And, and to know that, that people that are emergency care professionals can even be a little vulnerable sometimes and let down that wall and let them know, Hey, these are things that I've seen that have affected me, you know, because, because with my story personally, I know when I went back, cause I was actually one of those, I got all the crash reports and everything. And I went back and thanked every one of the firemen and medics and everything, everybody that was on the scene at the time. And it meant so much to me, but what really freaked me out was when one of those medics stepped forward there in the fire station. And I seen a little bit of a tear rolling down his cheek. And he looked at me and said, thank you. And I was kind of taken back for a moment. You know, what do you mean? Thank you. He said, well, people don't do this. And every time that I've drove by your crash scene, I wondered what happened to you. So, you know, I know personally how it affects people and how it has more of an impact than just the, just the person that it happens to. You know, it affects everybody that's involved with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mark, I wanted to turn it back over to you and um, see if there's any other questions that you have for Bubba. Okay, thank you, Michael. You know, Bubba, you make a great point as you were talking about that. Whereas when you were in the accident and it, you know, it was all about you, of course, at that time and all the things that happened to you, but the people who saved you in that, and you know, I always think about them after you're well, you feel good. You go on your way, you're doing what you're doing now. And you don't realize to go back to sometimes to thank them. And they just, yeah, I'm sure every day he wondered what happened and you just made his day in that respect. So a very good point. Well, and, and another quick story on that, that same exact medic that had thanked me that day, Years later, I ran into him again. It just happened that my son and his son got chose for the same all-star team in baseball. And this was the first time for me to like to see his family. And so, like, I, I felt motivated then. I went over to his wife and, and let her know that, you know what, your husband to me is a hero. Because without him and without what he does, my son's not out on that baseball field right now playing this game. Yeah, it's you're right. So uh, words cannot even convey how we all feel. So excellent, thank you. Yeah, that's yes. incredible, Bubba. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you our part now. What's called a few rapid fire questions. So right. we'll get you ready here now. You know. What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? So, of course, things happen. You're in this role you do. But what would you be doing? What, you know, what other things did you think about that you would be doing if, you know, not this? I, I think I would want to be involved in sports, like at some level, like a coach, maybe something like that. I think coaching is more of my thing. I wasn't really the big athletic type. So I would think something like that, coaching. Cool. Neat. And, and I get jump around here a little bit on my questions, but, you know, we mentioned, or Michael mentioned beginning, you're a big college sports fan and you talk about sports. So I know you love sports. So any particular sport or team in particular? Uh, of course, first and foremost, I'm a big college fan. So of course that definitely means LSU here in the South. Um, and as far as the sports go, their self, 
I, I'm more of like the football and baseball are really my two main sports. And it's funny about the sports thing because my daughter actually went to the University of Texas. And so we're excited about all the talk we're seeing now about they may be coming over to the SEC, which is the conference that LSU plays in, because we would love to have that rivalry between me and her to carry on for years. <laughs> and they might be coming over. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you, I have three categories I'm going to ask you about. And if I, and they're called favorites, what's your favorite? And you'll see in a second, but feel free to skip any. If you don't have one, that's fine. So, uh, what yeah. is your favorite book? The Holy Bible. Okay. It's a good book. Absolutely. What's your favorite movie? Tombstone. And I'm really not even a big Western fan, but for some reason, that's just like one of my favorite movies. I like it. Excellent. And how about a favorite song? Favorite song. Right now, I would have to say um, You Say by Lauren Daigle. Okay, good. Thank you. Very good. How about, and this is another question, do you have any hobbies or interests? And I know sports with the kids and that, absolutely, but any other hobbies or interests you have? Uh, mainly the, the kids, like you say, consume my hobbies and my interests. You know, I like to, you know, I like to get away every now and then. So I like, you know, I, I would say that maybe camping would be kind of like a hobby for me. I like to just get out in the outdoors and then just enjoy it. So that's kind of a, kind of a hobby for me and something that I'm interested in. But otherwise, like you said, the, the, the kids consume me. My boys are nine and seven and they both just completed this last weekend playing in the Dixie youth baseball world series. Neat. So both, both of them were actually there. And so our whole summer was consumed with baseball and now they'll get ready to start school and we'll start fall baseball pretty soon too. So uh, another big sport, I'm sorry, just reminded me, another big sport that I'm a fan of is hockey, especially like junior hockey and youth hockey, because believe it or not, we have a major hockey team here in the South in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is junior hockey, 15 to 21 year olds. Very neat. Cool. As far as camping goes, do you like doing camping in the summer when it's real hot? Yes. Yes. I am a warm weather man. I'm, I'm not about the cool and the cold. I, I would rather be out in it to where I can take stuff off, not have to pile stuff on. So <laughs> good for you. Very good. Yeah. So if our audience would like to follow you, Bubba, I understand you have a a website, uh, thinkfirstlouisiana.org, and then you're also on Facebook and Instagram under Think First Arc LA Techs. And audience, if you look at our podcast description, you'll see the links there and you'll see the Facebook and the Instagram so you can get the information out there. I want to thank everybody today for being here. I want to thank you, Bubba, for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends and for sharing your time and stories with us. It was, it was great. Thank you so much. I, I'm honored to be a part of it. Like I said, y'all, y'all were my first here. So uh, I hope I did. I hope I did well enough that we have something worth sharing there. Absolutely. No, it was, it was really good. I think you did an excellent job and it's, it's always refreshing for us as nurses to hear stories of how the patients did, how you ended up um, long-term, not only healing yourself, but you've, you've really healed and inspired so many others. So thank you very much for all that you do. Yes, sir. No problem. Thank y'all. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. 
And to all our listeners, we hope you stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Mark Eggers here with Michael Dexter. On behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 